0: Well, today we're super excited about kicking off our teaching for this month called Action Items. Let me ask you this question. What do you want the future you to look like? What do you want the future you to look like? If you were to fast forward 10 years from today, what do you want your life to look like? Who do you want to become? What would you like to be true about you? In 10 years, what do you want more of in your life? In 10 years, what do you want less of in your life? In 10 years, what do you hope will be different in your life. So when I was thinking about it this week, I was thinking about this future you, this future version of you. I was thinking about 10 years in front of, and those of y'all that have been around here a while know that I am addicted to apps on my phone. And so I've got, uh, hi, I'm Bobby. I'm an app addicted person. I'm in recovery for that. I've got 500 plus apps on it. And so I threw my staff profile picture into one of those apps. And I said, hey, show me when I'm older. And here's what came up from that. Now, hopefully that's farther than 10 years from today. That's sort of how I felt when I woke up, but... I don't, I, I don't know if that resonates with you. Who are you gonna be in 10 years? Now, there's some people that would say, well, Bobby, there's no way to actually predict what you're gonna look like or be like in 10 years. There's no actual way because post-COVID planning seems like it's gone through the window. Five to 10-year plans seem like a thing in the past. In business world, most of the business leaders i talk talked to are just you know, thinking one to three years out. But here's the truth. Yes, there are some things that are out of your control. Like today, is the actual 16th anniversary of my dad's passing. And so 16 years ago, I did not see that coming. Like 16 years ago, that was not on my radar. So absolutely, there are things that you don't prepare for. There's some things that you don't see coming. But here's the other truth, is there's actually a lot that's still in your control. There's actually a lot that's still in your control. When when I was getting ready for this week, I ran across this quote that just hit me between the eyes. It said something like this. It says, when you're born, you look a lot like your parents, but when you die, you look a lot like your decisions. And man, I thought that was true. I mean, when I was born, if you were to look at baby Bobby pictures, uh, yeah, I looked like a grumpy old man when I was born. Yeah, that's true. But if you stood back, you could see a little bit, oh, I see a little bit of his mom. I see a little bit of his... There's was dad in there. But over time, what happens is we become like the decisions we make. Another way of saying that is the habits you have today will actually shape who you become tomorrow. You could say, hey, you can't predict 10 years from today. But the truth is the habits you have today actually will shape who you become tomorrow. Your current version of you is actually the result of the habits you've put in place over the last decade. And so here's the question is, what do you want to look like? Ten years from now, think about it relationally. What do you want your relationships to look like? What do you want your spirituality to look like? Like when it comes to spirituality, ten years from now, do you want to have a thriving faith? Do you want to have a faith that's real and vibrant and and you feel close to God? Or ten years from now, are you going to feel like you're drifting and you're going to feel like you're spiritually numb? Think about it relationally. Relationally, we have a handful of friends that are super tight, they're close-knit, they're life-giving. Or, ten years from now, are you going to have people around you that are influencing you in a negative direction? Think about it, relationally, if you're married and your marriage 10 years from now, are you going to have a marriage that is even more connected and you're on the same page? Or 10 years from now, are you going to feel like you've just, you're just roommates living under the same roof? Think about it financially. 10 years from now, do you want to live with generosity and open hands and you want to have margin in your life? Or 10 years from now, will you be struggling just living paycheck to paycheck? What about physically? Ten years from now, will you be stronger than you are today? Will you have enough energy to live the life that God's called you from or for? Or in ten years, are you going to feel like you're tired and you lack energy and all of those things? Who do you believe God wants you to become in the future? This idea of action items this month is we think intentions are great. Man, I love intentions. I love the fresh start effect of January one. Now there's some haters in the room and there's a little skeptic inside of me. That's like, all you did was, you know, went to a new day on the calendar, but I love this idea of a fresh start, but the challenge is, most statistics show by the end of January, 80% of our new year's resolutions are already out the window. I don't need the, the, the end of the month. I'm just seven days in and I've already had a cheat day this week. I finished working out at the gym and I went right out to Danny's donuts in the parking lot and was like, I want some of those, right? And so there's something about intentions that are great. Like, I hope you have great intentions, but what's even more powerful than intentions are the actions that we follow them up with. And so if you've ever felt frustrated by knowing that you wanna change or knowing that you need to change or you wanna change, but you haven't experienced it yet, Man, I hope you'll be with us all the Sundays this month as Pastor Chuck and I talk about the action items that God uses to help us become who God wants us to be. To kick us off today, I wanna to look at a passage that comes from Galatians chapter six. If you have a Bible, I'd love for you to follow along. If you have the Bible app, I'd love for you to follow along. But in Galatians chapter six, uh, Paul's writing to a world that's been turned upside down. There's a lot of upheaval in this world on a lot of fronts. On the theological front, there's this tension between People that were born Jews seeing people that were not Jews giving their lives to Christ. So theologically, there was this tension where some people thought, hey, that's great, people are hearing about Jesus, but it's Jesus plus becoming Jewish that saves you. So there's this tension where Paul says, no, 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 it's faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. So that's going on theologically. There's this upheaval. There's also this um, political upheaval going on. So a lot of the people that that Paul's writing to are living within the Roman empire. And so the Roman empire has its own ethic and has its own way of living. And so there's these people that are trying to figure out how do I follow Christ in the middle of this Roman empire that's influenced by all this other worship. And so there's that tension going on. There's also this, Uh, geographical tension of this letter that is Galatians. It looks like a book in our Bible, but it's actually a letter. And it's what we'd call an open letter or a circular letter, meaning that it would be passed around from church to church. So it'd go to one church and then they pass it on to the next church to the next church to the next church. And so, so this letter is making its rounds and in the middle of all of that upheaval, Paul begins to say in chapter six, yes, there's a lot of things that are uncertain but there's some principles that you can build your life on. There's some principles that are absolutely true. They're unbreakable. And that when you apply these principles to their, to your life, they could literally change your life. And I think that's a good place for us to start today because in our world, there's a lot of upheaval In our, our world, there's a lot of uncertainty in our world. There's been a lot of loss and stress and all the rest, and in our lifetime, there's a lot of people that either are adrift when it comes to their walk with Christ, or worse than that, they're just apathetic to it. They don't, they don't even, they, they, they may still say, well, of course I'm a Christ follower, of course I'm a church attender, but if we're not careful, instead of trusting God's principles, we're actually just living like the rest of the world, believing more in karma than we do in God's principles. And what Paul begins to say in these handful of verses, Is there some principles that could change your life? If you have your Bibles, look at Galatians chapter 6. Here's what Paul's writing, and and I wish wish there was a way we could always go all the way into this, but today I'm going to focus on some of the application of this. But here's what it says in Galatians 6, starting in verse 7. He starts with this first phrase. He says, do not be deceived. That's a great word. I think there's a lot of people without realizing it, they've been deceived. Without realizing it, they've bought into all the other thinking around them. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. So he's, uh, he's writing to people that understand agriculture. Now, I don't understand agriculture all that well. My idea of agriculture is, is it on sale at Publix? When I buy the blueberries, are they gonna be moldy when I get them home? Right? That's my idea. Uh, But Paul's writing to people that understand this idea of sowing something like planting a seed and reaping it. Here's what he says in verse seven God is not mocked, for whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. Then he goes on to say this in verse eight For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows in the spirit, will reap eternal life from the spirit. So he makes this distinction. He's like, you know how to plant a seed. You know that something's gonna come from it. He says in a similar way, spiritually, what you plant is gonna do something. And he says in verse nine, let's not become discouraged in doing good for in due time we will reap if we do not become weary. Verse 10, so then while we have opportunity, let's do good to all people, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Heavenly Father, we come to you today with open hands and open hearts, so grateful for a brand new start to the year. Lord, I pray today that you'd help us to hear from your word and help us to be different because of it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. If you're a note taker, I wanna give you these four principles that are unbreakable, these four principles that are indestructible. These are four principles, you could, you could try to ignore them, or you can try to do like I've done in times in my life where I feel like, well, maybe this one doesn't apply to me. The truth is they apply, it's like gravity. Like every single time if I jump off the stage, I'm going to land on the ground, right? My knees are going to ache for the next week. It, it, never am I going to jump and I'm going to magically hover. That would be amazing, but it's just not going to happen, right? In a similar way, these principles are like those laws. Principle number one is the principle of sowing. The principle of sowing. The principle of sowing says this, you will reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow. Whatever you plant, that's what you're going to get. So as I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about to my grandfather. My grandfather was an amazing man. Uh, He grew up in Southwest Alabama, and his family over the years had like 800 acres of land. And so when I was a kid, when I was real little, we lived in Montgomery, Alabama. And so uh, every now and then we'd go on a weekend trip to where my granddad grew up. And so we called it going to the country. I don't know if you've got that in your your family or not. We're like, hey, we're going to the country this weekend. So we go to the country. My granddad, he did a lot of amazing things. He was an educator. He did tons of cool stuff. But the one thing that he was most proud of was his tree farm. That's what he called it, his tree farm. And so he would, uh, every now and then, he would plant pine trees on those 800 acres of land. And so it started as a seedling. And what happened over time is that seedling, hopefully over the course of years, became a full-blown pine tree. Now, when he planted a pine tree seedling, what did he get in return? A what? You're like, man, this is so basic. You went to seminary for this? Yes, I did. (laughs) When you plant a pine tree, you get a pine tree. When you don't get grapes from a pine tree, you don't get apples from a pine tree. And so I know this principle sounds so basic, but whatever you plant, you're going to get a response. The good news is if you're planting positive things in your life, It's going to have a positive return. In Paul's language, he's talking about, hey, if you plant the seeds of what the Spirit's doing in your life, you're going to have this positive spiritual return, right? If you're planting seeds of, man, I want to read my Bible this year, that's going to bring a return. If you're saying, man, I want to pray more this year, that's going to bring a return. If you're like, hey, I want to be connected in a small group so that I'm known by other people and so that when life happens, I've got to support, that's going to bring a positive return, right? That's good news on the positive side of habits, but the negative side of this is that if we're... Sowing seeds of self destruction, that's also going to bring destruction in our life. In other words, if we're sowing seeds of promiscuity that's going to lead to destruction in our lives. If we're sowing seeds of gossip and slander, that's going to sow negative seeds in our life. If we're, if we're cutting corners, that's going to sow seeds in our life. That's going to grow into something. If we're like, hey, I don't really need the whole church thing and I'm just going to just, dis- hey, I'm just going to serve. I don't really need to, over time, there's going to be a negative effect in your life. Think about it on the work front. If at work, you're sowing negative seeds. If you're, if you're sowing seeds of, man, I'm late every day. And then you're sowing seeds of, I talk behind my boss's back and you're sowing seeds of, I always play the victim, I never own my mistakes. When it comes time for promotion, are you getting the promotion or not? You reap what you sow. And so here's the challenge behind this first principle, the principle of sowing. The first challenge is this, if you don't like what you're reaping, then you've gotta change what you're sowing. Does that make sense? If you don't like the results, right, if you don't like who you're becoming this year or in 10 years, if you don't like the trajectory, I can't even say the word this morning, if you don't like the path that you're on, then go back to the source and ask the question, if I don't like what I'm reaping, then I need to change what I'm sowing. Because here's principle number one, the principle of sowing says this, you reap what you sow, whatever you plant is an indicator of what's coming. Are you all tracking with me? You're So intentions are important, but it's our actions. So number one, principle number one is the principle of sowing. You reap what you sow. Principle number two is what we call the principle of seasons. It's the principle of seasons. Uh, here's what Paul says. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He's like, look, you can try to skirt your way around this. You can try to negotiate with God, but you just it's just not going to go well. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, this he will also reap, for the one who sows to his flesh from the flesh will reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So principle number one is you reap what you sow. Principle number two of seasons is you always reap more than you sow. It reminds me of what Jesus said in Mark 4, verse 20, when he said, And those are the ones whom the seed was sown on the good soil. And they hear the word and they accept it and bear fruit 30, uh, uh, fruit, 30 60, and 100 fold. In other words, whatever gets planted, when it takes root, it always grows to be more. That's just true. That's just true. Like the idea of, like for my granddad to plant A seedling of a pine tree. The hope is that as it's planted, it'll take root. As it takes root, it'll begin to grow. As it begins to grow, it'll become a fully functioning pine tree. Over time, it bears fruit. Over time, seedlings fall down. More trees begin to pop up. That's the idea Is it starts out small, but over time, it always, always, always grows. I think sometimes we forget this idea when it comes to our spiritual lives. I think sometimes we think that that it doesn't matter what we do. We think, well, it's just a small decision. We think, hey, it's just a small thing. It, It doesn't matter if I skip this thing every now and then, or it doesn't matter if I cheat on my taxes every now and then, or it doesn't matter if I cut corners every now and then. But what we underestimate is what happens over time. Those small decisions grow over time. Probably about 10 years ago, I read a book by a guy named Darren Hardy called The Compound Effect. I don't know if any of you've read it. It's a fantastic read. I, I, I would recommend it. Uh, I read it through the lens of a business perspective. It's a small book, which I'm grateful for, because I get a little bored after a little while, start multitasking on books. But The Compound Effect is great. If you are to boil that book down to one simple slide, look at this next graphic. Uh, in the book, Darren Hardy talks about this idea. He says, when you make small, smart choices and you live those out consistently over time, it leads to a radical difference. And so I love that. I, I think about that spiritually. Start small. Make some smart choices. So I uh, sometimes, if I'm not careful, on day one of the new year, I'm like, I'm going to read the whole Bible in a short amount of time, and I'm going to I'm going to uh, fast from all the carbs. And if I'm not careful, I'll, I'll I'll dream so big. But what Darren would recommend, and I think, a great idea is start small. Start small with some smart choices, but then live those out consistently over time. And what ends up happening happening over time is it compounds over time. Even small decisions make a big impact over time. Look at this next graphic. In the book, he gives this example of two different people. On the left side, they start from a similar starting point. They have a similar income. They have a similar health uh, status. They've got uh, similar relationships in their life on the scale of happiness, they're in a similar place, success, all, all of those things. At month zero, they look very much the same. The far right of the graphic is 27 months later. 27 months later, they started at a similar place, but over those 27 months, they made different choices. They installed different behaviors in their life. They installed different habits in their life. And at month one, maybe you don't see much of their difference. At month two, maybe the difference isn't a big deal, but by the time you get a little over two years later, they're in vastly different destinations. Think about that. If you put two people together and say, one person decides I'm gonna prioritize my walk with God this year, and the other person doesn't. Month one, maybe you don't see much difference. Month two, maybe you don't see much. But 27 months later, you see a difference. You take two people and one says, hey, I wanna grow in my prayer life over the course of time. And the other person says, no, I'm just gonna keep praying whenever I feel like it's convenient. Over a month, maybe not a big deal. Six months, maybe you don't see a difference, but 27 months, you see a difference. Or to use my example of eating Danny's donuts after working out, month one, not a big deal. Month two, not a big deal. But even if you just ate 100 extra calories a day over 27 months, you would gain almost 40 pounds just by one little habit. Anybody else depressed now that I said that? At the office, we have donuts every now and then. And instead of calling them donuts, we call them vitamins. It makes us feel better about it. But let me, just, let me use that basic example. I can't predict spiritually, I can't quantify that, but I can quantify 100 or 120 calories. 120 calories over 27 months, 120 calories every day over 27 months leads to a 37.5 pound difference, either positive or negative. So one guy could say, hey, I'm gonna eat Danny's donuts every day. The other person says, I'm gonna fast from it every day. And 27 months later, there's 60 something pounds difference in their lives because of one small decision. The principle of sowing is this, you reap what you sow. The principle of seasons is this, you reap more than you sow. And then principle number three is the principle of success. The principle of success, the principle of success says this, not only do you reap what you sow, no, not only do you reap more than you sow, but ultimately you reap later than you sow. In other words, it takes time. As Paul's writing this, they would have get this, as he says, for the one who sows to his own flesh, from his flesh he'll reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. What happens between the sowing and the reaping is it takes time. It takes time. And I think the number one reason why so many people stall out when it comes to a new year is because they grow impatient with how long life change actually happens. I think that's true. I think so many people get discouraged because they start out, this is my story. So January 1st at the house, I was super pumped about the new year. Like January one, we'd been off a couple of days. We've been, had some great time with family. January one, I'm excited about the new year. January two, I come to the office and look at all the to-dos I didn't get done in 2023. And then I saw the growing emails and my excitement went to, holy moly, I'm already overwhelmed. Anybody else have that, that January 2nd effect? And then today I'm a little more optimistic again. But I think sometimes the reason why we stall out is we don't realize it takes time. For instance, some of us will say, all right, this is the year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start praying every single day. And then after five days, you're like, I still feel stressed out. Maybe it's not working. Or some of us will be like, hey, I'm going to read my Bible this year. I'm going to try, try to read the Bible in a year. And then you get a couple days in or you get a couple months in and you find yourself in Leviticus. And you're like, uh, let me pray about this. And I think what happens is we forget that true change takes time. So for my granddad, when he would plant those seedlings, one year later, not a big deal. Five years later, not a big deal. 10 years later, not a huge deal. At year 12, 13, 14, 15, you might go in and thin them out a little bit so that the bigger ones could have space to grow. But those seedlings that he planted, it would be 20 to 25 years before it's ready for harvest. 25 years. Are you kidding me? I can't wait 2.5 minutes in the grocery store line without pulling out my phone and scrolling. You know what I'm saying? So often we forget that change takes time. Here's an encouragement. Here's a challenge that comes with this principle. What if we replace the word trying this year with the word training? Now that sounds small, but let me, Tell you what I mean by that. I could say to you today, "Hey, I'm going to try X, Y, or Z." I, I, I could say, "All right, you know what? Tomorrow, I'm going to try to lift 315 pounds on the bench press." Thank you for not laughing. I was just gauging if you are with me or not. I I, I should say, "I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm going I'm to try it." And I guarantee you, if I tried to do that tomorrow, uh, we're going to be calling 911, 9-1, right? You don't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to go from sort of work it out to bench pressing 315 pounds. It just doesn't happen overnight. If that's your goal, you've got to train to do it, not try it, right? You need to call James down here and say, James, how do I get into shape, right? How do I, it's not an overnight thing. It's a process of training over time. It's sort of like those apps on your phone that say from couch to 5K. Have y'all seen those before? You don't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm gonna run a marathon. That would be awesome. No, you've got to train. What if in our spiritual lives, instead of saying, I'm just going to try to grow closer to God. I'm going to try to develop deeper relationships this year. I'm going to try to live with what would happen if we treated our spiritual journey like training. Paul actually talks a lot about this in the New Testament when he talks about training for godliness, that it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by mistake. It happens by training. And so for for those of us that are like, man, we, we underestimate what happens over time. We underestimate what happens. We pray for five days and we're like, man, I'm still far from God. We go to the gym for two weeks and we say, man, I still feel about the same. We cut out buying coffee from Starbucks for a month and we still feel like we're in debt. And if we're not careful, we'll wrongly we conclude that small decisions don't matter but the truth is small decisions over time do matter over time it just takes time savings takes time learning to pray takes time reading your bible takes time growing in relationships takes time getting physically fit it takes time if if you go, if you're like me and you go to the gym and then get Danny's donuts every weekend uh chances are uh you're not going to have a six pack by the end of the weekend you'll have more of a two liter or a keg or something. It's a bad preacher joke, small decisions over time. So principle number one, the principle of sowing. You reap what you sow. Principle number two, the principle of seasons. You reap more than you sow. It takes seasons for that to happen. Principle number three, the principle of success you reap later than you sow. It takes time. And the last principle, number four, principle number four is the principle of the start. Now this one's not on the screen, but here's what the principle of the start says. The principle of the start says, our actions are stronger than our intentions. Our actions are stronger than our intentions. I love having a great intention. I love that. I love starting with a great mindset, but when it comes to living this out, we have to start sowing now. We have to start planting now. It all starts now. We get to decide, is it going to be now or one day? Is it going to be now or am I five years from now or 10 years from now wishing I had started? I guarantee you for my granddad, the best day to plant was 25 years ago. But if you didn't plant 25 years ago, the second best start place to start is to start now. And that's the same thing in our spiritual lives. We could... We could Rehearse all the things that we wish we'd done. We could rehearse all the failures that we've had or we could say with God's grace and God's new mercies today, I'm gonna start now. Here's how Paul says this in the last verse that we looked at, verse nine. He says, let us not become discouraged in doing good. And then he says in verse 10, so then while we have the opportunity, in other words, while we have time, while there's still breath in our lungs, while we're still on this earth, let's make the most of it. And so here's the big question. Who do you want to be in 10 years? As part of this teaching series, uh, we've got a special landing page on our website. So if you go to sugarhill.church slash action hyphen items, every week we're going to put additional resources. And so one of the tabs, if you go to that webpage, you'll see a replay of the message. Once we post that, you'll see uh, the weekday podcast, but one of the buttons you can click on says additional resources. So on that, there's a couple of things I want to point you to. One is the compound effect book. And so if that book intrigues you, that, that book link is there. A second thing is a book uh, called The Power to Change. And it's by Pastor Craig Rochelle, which is super helpful as I was preparing for today. And so if, if you like not just the, the habit side of it, but you want to hear the spiritual depth to it, I'd encourage you to, to grab that book. But the third resource that's on there is something called the Life Score Assessment the life score assessment. And so this is written for anybody. So it's not written just for spiritual minded people, but this, this, uh, this assessment looks at your circle of being. So who you are becoming, your circle of relating, so the relationships in your life. And it also looks at the circle of doing, what your vocation is. And so here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you sometime today, take eight or 10 minutes and take the life score assessment and just see where you are, just see what you see. Right? The only way to change is to see where you actually are. And if you're up for it, I would love for you to actually email me and let me know you did it. If you feel comfortable, I'd love for you to share the score or something that you learned from it. But even if, if not, just let me know you did it. I would be honored to pray with you through this month and through this year. My email address is just bobby at sugarhillchurch.com, B-O-B-B-Y at sugarhillchurch.com. And man, this is a great place to start. I want to invite our worship team out as they get ready to lead us, but I want to encourage you with this. When you're born, you look a lot like your parents, but when you die, you look a lot like your decisions. The habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. The temptation would be to be like, man, it's not making a difference, but it's sort of like boiling water. Do you know how long it takes to boil a pot of water? I don't know how long it takes, but what I do know is the more you look at it, the longer it takes. Have y'all ever experienced that? Like I'm ready for it. But when you start turning on the heat at, at 80 degrees, it's not boiling yet. At 100 degrees, it's getting warm, but it's not there yet. At 150 degrees, it's getting hot, but it's still not boiling yet. At 200 degrees, it's really hot, but it's still not boiling. At 205 degrees, it's still not quite there. It's like jiggling. I don't know if that's the right. We're the scientists in the room. Is that what... Liquids do, I don't know. Exactly. At 210, really hard, hot. 211, a lot of movement going on. But at 212, it starts to boil. Some of us, we wanna get from zero degrees to 212 overnight. And I love that. Like, I love that optimism. But I wanna remind you, that lasting change takes time. It may seem like small in the beginning. It maybe seems inconsequential. But man, if you plant the right seeds, over time, you get to have a godly harvest. So if you don't mind, let me just pray over you today. If you don't mind, would you bow your heads for a moment close your eyes? If you're worshiping with us online, I invite you to do the same. So anybody today that just say, Bobby, as you pray, pray for me. I, I, I really do want to install some godly habits in my life. I want to plant seeds that honor the Lord and honor what he's doing in my life. If that's you and you just allow me to pray for you, you just quietly slip your hands straight up in the air, straight up in the air? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of us. Yeah, you can put your hands down. Sometimes people ask, well, where do I start? Starting point number one is, have you given your life to Christ? Has there ever been a moment that you've asked Jesus to step out of heaven and into your heart and to rescue you, to save you? If that's never happened, that is the starting point. Just like Mason's testimony, there was a moment where he gave his life to Christ and went from death to life. And said, that's never happened to you. I'd invite you to do that. You can pray in your head and your heart to say, dear Jesus, I know that you're real. I know you died on the cross for my sins and I believe you're alive today. I ask you to save me. If you wanna meet with one of our team this week, we'd be honored to do that, but that's a starting point. But maybe for the believers in the house, maybe somewhere along the way, you've gotten a little apathetic or maybe somewhere along the way you have started drifting. Maybe today you would just ask God, God, would you help me to see where I am? And God, would you show me who you want me to become in the future? Maybe God's already put something on your heart. Maybe it is to start reading scripture daily. Maybe it is to find a resource to pray daily. Maybe it's to join a small group, or honestly, maybe it's to start a group. Maybe it's to go and say sorry to somebody that that you've been estranged from. I, I don't know what that thing is, but I believe God's powerful enough to tell you what that next thing is. Would you just ask Him, Dear Jesus, would you help me to be sensitive to what you're doing in my life? God, would you help us to train for godliness over the long haul? God, thank you for the blessing of a brand new start. Thank you for an opportunity as a church for us to look forward to Rock Sunday. Lord, I pray between now and then that you would stir within our hearts what the action item is that you'd have us to do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Let's stand together. Before we head out today, I wanna invite you to sing this out. The team did such an incredible job in leading us in this. I'd love for you to sing it out. And then on your way out today, if you're able to hang out in the lobby just for a moment longer, say hi to somebody. So if y'all sit in the same area every week and you still haven't met that person yet, I would encourage you to get some high fives today, get to know some names, maybe invite somebody to lunch today and get to know them. Let's do this together. 2024 is gonna be incredible. Let's sing this out before we go. i oh.